0: Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout, where we interview people from all walks of life and get their direct tools and strategies that they use to perform and develop and be the best version and be as successful as they possibly can. This is very key because in life, to move forward, we need to grow. In order to grow, we need to not be have destructive habits. These destructive habits are what cause us to constantly feel like we're in a state of burnout. And you'll see in this episode, we talk and we ask the interviewee what it is that they describe burnout as, because this creates a a, a starting point of what they think or they believe burnout is to them. So what is it to you? What is burnout to you specifically so that you can start there and then you can apply these tools that you're learning through these episodes, through these interviews to yourself? Now, not everybody's able to do this on their own. Not everybody can apply and learn these tools and know which ones to use on themselves. So this is why we've created the Fight the Burnout coaching program so that we can one-on-one coach you through and create success and performance in your life directly to your specific needs. If you're interested in this, send us an email at fighttheburnoutpodcast at gmail.com. That's fighttheburnoutpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you with Uh, organizing to talk and have a specific session for you to really propel you forward. Now, take this time, get a notebook, get a piece of paper, or just listen and enjoy this interview because you're going to learn some tools and strategies that you may not have picked up in the past. So without further ado, let's get rolling because I know you've been waiting awesome welcome to another episode Gary thanks for joining us uh I met Gary through um actually another course uh, a coaching course uh we're both doing coaching to become coaches even though we're already coaching um you know learning learning more doing more so we can give more um and so yes I met Gary through there he's actually an ex-police officer as well and come to find out which is why we connected so well he did VIP protection stuff in Australia, also. So we have a lot of stuff that's in common, and we both went through burnout just in different ways. So Gary, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your backstory? Tell us a little bit about you, where you come from, uh, you know, what you've gone through, and a little bit about um, burnout for you.
1: Yeah, cheers, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on, mate. I've uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you and and also uh, listening to to some of your podcasts already. So hopefully we can uh, can do it justice, but. Uh, Yeah, look, I spent 18 and a half years uh, in the federal police, uh, Australian federal police, and, you know, a a lion's share of that was done in close personal protection. In 2007 and 2013, I I ran our prime minister's protection detail. Um, uh, My last assignment in the federal police was as the commissioner's executive officer. So I ran the commissioner's office uh, as well. So I had a, a quite successful career. Um, you know there's a lot of things intertwined with that a little bit of surveillance a little bit of uh, uh, you know investigations uh, a lot of work overseas and and that type of thing and you know it's a very interesting very enjoyable uh, very enjoyable job but um, uh, you know ultimately at at the end of the day I I, I probably spent a good 16 years in the in the AFP and I'll probably be remembered for the last two and a half not for uh, not for very good reasons Um, you know ultimately you know depending on which way people want to Want to describe burnout, and, and it's certainly what what I went through. And um, you know, there's there's the very easy for me. I, I find the very easy path to talk about is you know the fact that I was working, uh, you know, multiple sixty-hour weeks, uh, on call twenty-four-seven, uh, traveling all the time. I think you know, the first year that I looked after the commissioner, we were away fifty-four times in the year. Um, you know, there's very rarely home when you, you're working with the prime minister, that sort of stuff, uh, stress on the family, phone ringing all the time, day and night and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I think to, to me, I, I think, while that's a very legitimate space to be in, it, it, it certainly exists and it certainly made an effect uh, or had an effect on, on where uh, I ended up. Uh, primarily the reason that I ended up burnt out or, or, or where, um, you know, going down my dark holes was the fact that I was in that space and, you know, what, what most people would call ego prevented me from actually talking about it, uh, getting out and speaking to people, uh, becoming vulnerable. I'm um, just, uh, I'm just going through writing a book and I've, I've just this weekend, i uh, been putting some, some stuff down that, you know, in my whole career, I wasn't that concerned with getting promoted. I wasn't concerned with money. I wasn't, I wasn't concerned with medals. I, I don't know where my medals are. I don't have many, but I, I don't know where they are. What I wanted to be was I wanted to be the guy, the guy that everybody called when there was nobody else that could do the job or when you needed something done quickly. I didn't care if I was the lowest paid person in the job, but I wanted people to call me and ultimately my, you know, the social conditioning and my own subconscious had me believing that that guy couldn't have any problems. If I was the problem solver, then I couldn't have any problems. And, you know, it's something that I do see with a lot of, uh, you know, type one personalities, alpha males, successful people that you've, we, we've all grown up to become successful because we're good at solving problems. Uh, the flip side of that is we, we almost get conditioned to the fact that the, the first day that I turn up with a problem, mm-hmm. I no longer am that person that solves problems. And that haunted me for a long time. And, uh, you know, I, I made some, uh, some very silly mistakes with, with my own, um, you know, with my own uh, life. I was, I, I got very heavily into gambling and that was my escape. And uh, ultimately it, you know, it led to my downfall. I, I, I talked to people about the fact that I, you know, I lost almost $2 million, my career, my reputation. And, um, you know, that was on the back of not being able to, to be vulnerable or not being able to, um, uh, to let, let my guard down and not always be the guy that solved problems. And, and what I've come to learn is I would have been far better at my job, at solving problems if I was able to at least ask for help for, for the ones that I was going through
0: yeah yeah so so you reckon so obviously i, I totally relate to all of that you know You and you put it into perfect words to be honest as a cop or as a frontline officer you are you're trained to be the person who's there to solve other people's problems
1: Absolutely. and it's
0: almost i don't think i ever got told i probably did but i probably didn't hear it but never got told that Yes you're there to help other people but you need help yourself you need to ask for help yourself as well it's okay to ask for help
1: Yeah I um I, I do a talk that I I title uh quite you know it's, it's quite loosely um a, a quote from Mike Tyson it says um you know everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face and um you know I worked I worked with the executive at the at the federal police and I and I've been around a number of executives and and I genuinely believe that you know it's it's true that there are mechanisms there to help and support um, the the officers, and, and they do exist. I, but what I what I think probably lets those down is nobody knows how they're going to deal with somebody stepping forward until they actually step forward. And, and and you know we'd like to pretend that everybody gets treated as if they had a broken leg. You know we always tell this story that you know mental health is no different than a broken leg, and and you know in reality that is true. But oh, sorry. In 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 practice, I suppose, or in theory, that is true. But in reality, you never know how somebody's going to deal with you once you step forward, and it's that fear, um, mm-hmm. especially in an alpha-dominated place, especially with uh, I'm sure in your career. And a lot of times, it's it's not intentional, but there are conversations taking place about broken biscuits, about people that are you know terrible at their job, about people that have mental health issues, and and ultimately you know, I, I don't believe that people inherently believe that sort of stuff, it's, it's, it's the social conditioning that keeps it going. And it's the social conditioning that stops you from stepping forward and actually saying, you know, I, I don't, I, A, I don't agree with the conversation, B, I'm struggling to go and get help uh, and, and I, I need some support. And then it's also about developing a culture which may take generations for people to just willingly accept that you know what people do strain we all do i mean i i i wouldn't imagine there's a person that doesn't struggle the ones that tell you they don't are probably the ones that struggle the most i'd imagine yeah
0: yeah no i totally agree with that i mean i'll put my hand up and say i struggle every single day at some point there's some yeah. sort of struggle throughout the day yeah. Um, and yeah i totally yeah back you know in in the days of policing and that yeah it is it is that I remember the the lady who actually got me the first time that I, I went through my stuff because I went through it a couple times in the place and actually sought out help the first time. But it took me till I was burned out the yeah. first time. Uh, but she was actually come to find out everybody was talking bad about her that she's oh she was, you know, she just doesn't work, her back's always hurt, she's always off work, she's ever always sick. What the hell's wrong with her? Why isn't she working? Why isn't she here? She's letting us down, blah, 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 blah. Come to find out. Four years later, she was actually burned out and going through stuff at that point, and that's why she was. And and but people, you know, again, they just put all these stories on stuff.
1: Look, I, so, I think what I think just just sorry, just to touch on that point, I think what a lot of people do is they uh, they fear their own vulnerability being exposed. Okay, and so if sure. if somebody else is is struggling, um, it's far easier for me to raise the chest up, yeah. call them a name say that they've got a problem with them because if i say that then it probably means that people aren't going to start looking at me for my problems Mm -hmm. if i'm if i'm willing to start talking with that person about their vulnerabilities um excuse me something very frightful, frightening happens inside ourselves and that is if i talk to you about your vulnerabilities i I all of a sudden become very exposed uh to my own vulnerabilities and 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 that's typically why we you know, we will take that path with dark humor a lot in the police force, uh, other other services, and that sort of thing. And um, you know, it, it's it's okay. I, I don't even I don't even pretend that I think it's a bad thing. But I think it also needs to flip the other way that, that there is an acceptance that, you know, we can have that conversation. If if Chris isn't doing well, that my first question is what might be underneath it, what might be uh, you know the underlying story, as opposed to taking the stance that. You know, you you have a problem that can't be fixed.
0: Yeah, no, I totally I totally agree with that one. It is um, you know, dark humor has its place. I totally believe it. You know, in the instant, in the you know situation when.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's, it's a proven strategy to get through, uh, yeah. you know, uh, um, a stressful situation. A, a traumatic situation. Absolutely. You know? yeah.
0: And, um, but it's the fact afterwards, it's the going, it's the sitting down, it's the going, hey, what's, what's actually going on, guys? You know, how, how are we after scraping up those three, you know, those, those three yeah. people up off the ground and two of them were kids.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah
0: you know it's actually sitting down and doing that um so that leads me into my next question for you uh, gary is what do you believe is the best things that you've learned to overcome and prevent yourself from experiencing burnout now
1: um look it's it's probably multifaceted you know it took me a long time i left the police at the end of ultimately left at the end of 2016 i i resigned at the end of 2017 um and i still struggled very heavily for at least another six months so 18 months after leaving i still was, was, wasn't was able to come to terms with my own vulnerabilities in my own head. I, I kept creating a mask that I was okay. And, you know, but but things just kept going wrong and wrong and wrong all, all the way around me. And, um, you know, ultimately one day I, uh, you know, I, I flicked the switch, I suppose, is the, you know, is, is the, the, the phrase that's used. But probably the first thing that I, I remember is I, I started to change the way I looked at everybody else's story so for a long time while i was struggling i used to be very good as a lot of people are in finding why somebody else's story was different enough to mine that their solution wouldn't work for me mm-hmm. um you know a case in point i suppose is you know we all tend to watch like a tony robbins and that that sort of stuff and i would watch those sorts of things because i always love the inspirational speakers motivational talkers coaches all that sort of thing and um, and I'd watch it and I'd go, yeah, well, that person's story is not mine. You know, they don't have a gambling problem. They didn't work in the federal police. They didn't, like, whatever I had to say that, that avoided me um, taking that, that path. And then one day, I don't know, something just happened and I, and I, started, to, I started to try and learn from unlikely sources. And, and I can remember the clip. as a seven-minute clip of Tony Robbins saving some dude's marriage. I, I think that's even saving a guy's marriage is the, is the title of the YouTube clip and my relationship had broken down already at this point it wasn't a saving type of thing but I was watching it because I was watching Tony Robbins and it was the first time that I looked at that guy's story and found things in it that I could have quite easily argued had nothing to do with me but I tried to find learning that applied to me in that story and then I started watching the next you know that led me to different people that I that I follow and I follow a lot of people and um, you know, read or, or listen and, and watch podcasts. And I started to actively look for things that other people had in their lives that I could find similarities with or things that I could uh, try or that, that could work for me. I, I opened myself up to learn from unlikely sources. Um, that was probably the first thing that, that I did. And, and 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 look, in all honesty, the, the thing that probably got me out was building a routine, um, starting to tick off things that... Um, you know that built my self-confidence uh, you know a couple of the people i follow like an ed Mylett, will talk about um you know self-confidence is nothing but keeping little promises to yourself and and you know sp- certainly somebody that 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 has an addiction issue or and, and you know i I've, I've done a lot of research on it i think even things like depression anxiety are, are addictions of sort. they're a feeling that we chase because um because they make us feel better in some some way or they help us avoid pain or help us avoid to try things and um, and so I just kept, I was, I realized that I was breaking promises to myself and, and it's not the big promise, like the new year's resolution of I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to tell the world all this sort of stuff, but I'd say I'd, I was going to work out today and I wouldn't, or I'd say I was going to get up early and I didn't. And I, and I just kept etching away at that self-confidence. And eventually I just, I started with one thing. I, I, um, I wasn't a big snooze hitter. I tell all my clients, don't hit snooze on your alarm for a week see how that makes you feel, right? It's, it's seemingly innocuous, but it's bloody hard. If you, if you hit snooze every day of your life, A, I think it's telling yourself that nine minutes of crappy sleep is more important than getting your day started. But if you, if you try to not hit snooze for a week, it starts to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I started learning this from uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's a neuroscientist and you know, talks about habit forming and that sort of thing. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start creating these habits one at a time. So I didn't really hit snooze, so that wasn't it for me. I started getting up 10 minutes earlier. That was it. I just got up 10 minutes earlier. The next week, I got up 10 minutes earlier and I started writing gratitude. The week after that, I got up 10 minutes earlier. Um, I started writing gratitude. I drank 500 mils of water. The week after that, you know, I, I added on cold shower. The week after that, I just kept adding only, you know, four or five things to create a morning routine. Um, again, i following people. I hear people talk about if you can win the morning, you can win the day. Uh, so I'd get up and I'd, I'd try and knock out those things. Um, I, I, you know, it's not always easy, especially when you've built habits over years and years and years of talking yourself out of it. And I made a deal with myself and that was, I only let myself down if I fail two days in a row. So we all make mistakes. We all fall off the, off the wagon, You know, we all, we all have dramas. But if I, if I made a mistake on day one, um, you know, there's a saying I've seen the first time you're a victim every other time after that, you're a volunteer. And so if I fell off the wagon on day one, okay, it was a mistake, notch it up. Don't, you know, don't cry over spilt milk. And as my dad says, you can't saw sawdust. But the next day I now have made a conscious choice. If I know, if I didn't do what I said I was going to, it was now a conscious choice, not a mistake. And so I, I made that promise to myself. And that's one that I've probably kept to this day.
0: Awesome. I love that. I love it. That is, it is. Life is all about, and um, I talked about this a bit as well, but I like that, that you brought it up, is that you got to just hold yourself to, your, be accountable to yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. You make your, those little promises to yourself every day and it can make a huge difference. And I, I do, I am, I, I believe with you as well around the um, depression, and anxiety, is a, it's, it's a state. And, you know, some are, some, I won't go, you know, chemically on that, some are more prone to it than others. And, and there's all that, all the science and the biology around, but it is a, it is a state that you believe, that you believe you're in. And it's just like hitting the snooze button. You get so much in the habit of it that you don't know any different.
1: Yeah, look, I, I um, you know, one of the, the values that, that I have at, at my business now is, is brutal honesty, you know, be brutal. Um, and, and, you know, that's probably the next step of, of how I got out of this. I finally, uh, you know, I finally stopped bullshitting myself and, you know, we all tell ourselves so like I, for about 18 months, I kept saying to people, I had a gambling problem and I never believed it, right. It was true, but I just didn't believe it. I, I just wouldn't tell myself the, the honest truth, um, you know, a, a, about that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, you, you've got to have a, a hard look at yourself. Um, and start answering some hard questions and and you know one of those things is uh, you know so i've i 've got clinical diagnosis of having major depressive disorder and and um, uh, you know gambling addiction and that sort of stuff but you know what depression's easy right as a as a as a victim it 's very easy and it 's very addictive because if i 've got depression and you know again i don 't mean to judge anybody out there i i 'm talking from my own experience and certainly from my own coaching as well that you know it 's Uh, if if I've got depression, then I've got a very good excuse why I'm not as successful as I could be. Right. And, and, and I tell you what, the the day that you decide that you no longer suffer from depression, Mm -hmm. you start to realize um, a a very, a very scary thing to you. The reason that you're not where you want to be is ultimately because of your choices, your decisions and your actions. Uh, There's people that have depression. There's people that have one leg. There's people that have like, we, we all, we all face some level of adversity um but it's it's it is easier whilst it sort of goes against what you would consciously think it is easier to have depression and not try than to put yourself out there and perhaps not reach it because i wasn't good enough right i'd rather not reach it because i've got depression or anxiety or addiction or anger issues or whatever the case may be um than to actually try and fail some i think that's a that's difficult for people to overcome and therefore the depression becomes your addiction not not um you know it might be chemically induced it might might have other issues like that but but ultimately we we do things become an addiction to us when they remove a level of pain from us and Mm -hmm. and trying and fear of failure fear of success is is a is a very big pain and if i need to be depressed in order to avoid that pain Mm -hmm. then quite often we'll take that route
0: Become, it becomes an excuse
1: absolutely it becomes
0: yeah. another 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 excuse and, and, life, and it, excuses
1: it. excuses aren't um sorry to cut you off mate excuses mm-hmm. aren't always lies mm-hmm. right it might be true you might have depression right i have dep- had depression i don't even know I, I don't know if it's have had suffered suffering i i i, I no longer use the term for, for me so um because when i use it i'm giving myself an excuse now. Did I have clinically diagnosed depression? Yes. But it's still an excuse that I used to stop me moving forward. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at, um, I mean, you look at, uh, and yes, he ended up taking his own life, but you look at Robin Williams, mm-hmm. he didn't use depression as an excuse, but obviously, ultimately it turned out he was extremely depressed. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And took his own life. And yeah. So yes it it is and we're, we're not you know for those that are listening we're not um, putting down anybody that has it, but it is a choice that you can make like I know I made a choice that I didn't want to be where I wanted to be anymore yeah. and I'm not there anymore and I never will go back.
1: Yeah and, and it's not that. it's not easy like no. trust me it's, it's not easy <laughs> but but you know what's on the other side is far preferable to you know to where I was.
0: And it's a, and it's a, and tell me if I'm wrong but it does take time as well. I,
1: absolutely to, absolutely
0: you to, At, you go, 100%. You have to go with yourself this isn't going to be an overnight venture. This is going to be a year's venture, but I'm committed.
1: I'm Look, making- I, think it's, I think it's a lifelong venture I, because I think, you know, I'm two and a half years into it now. I, I think, you know, self-awareness is something that, that is extremely important in this path, but, you know, just as easy as you can build the good habits, the bad ones can come back if you rest on your laurels. Um, but, but the other thing is once you get to the other side and you start to experience, um, you know, the pleasure in being responsible for everything that comes to you in your life, you do start looking for more. So when I, when I stopped suffering, when I you know, wasn't uh, controlled by gambling, when I wasn't controlled by depression, um, now I want to know what's next. Like I'm, I'm working forward. So I don't know that it ever ends because it just keeps growing.
0: Let me, let me ask you on, on, that, on that real quick, mm. you believe that looking back at what you've accomplished is just as important as looking at what you want to accomplish?
1: Uh, so I, I, I really avoid looking back in terms of my coaching, except for accomplishments. I think it's important to understand how far you've come. Yes. Um, Sorry,
0: if I, if I didn't, if that wasn't clear. Yeah, no, no, no,
1: that's, that's exactly what you said. But I, I, I do have a very distinct mantra with my coaching. I, when when I got in trouble, I, I I asked two questions. How the fuck did I get here? And how the fuck do I get out? And in all honesty, how I got there was was very irrelevant. The only thing you can do is the next right thing. You can't do the last thing again. So, you know, looking back in that sense and 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 having a focus on the the things that you've stuffed up or anything like that really, in my view, doesn't doesn't help. It's it's part of therapy culture that let's spend five years trying to figure out why you ended up where you were instead of actually spending five years trying to get the fuck out. Um, but uh, but yes, absolutely. I, I you know I, I think it's always important to moderate. Where you are, because at any particular time, depending on which way you look, you can you can feel good or bad about it. There's, you know, I work in weight loss as well. Somebody I coach has lost 20 kilos, but every now and then he gets dirty on himself because he's still 20 kilos overweight. And then we have to have the discussion about you know four months ago you were 20 kilos heavier. You've got to you know if if I offered you 20 kilos off four months ago, you would have taken it in a heartbeat. The mere fact he's had success, he's now looking forward. I wish I wasn't this big now. I wish I wasn't this big now. Yeah, of course. And and again, I think it's it's another one from Ed Milet. It's okay to be happy with where you are right now. Yes, present. But, present. But, but also, you would be pissed off if you're in exactly the same place in six months' time.
0: Yeah,
1: right. I, I'm okay where I am now, but if I'm this same guy in six months, then then I've I've let myself down. Yeah. No,
0: I like that. I like that. So, um, so Gary, uh, I as you know from our conversations in the past, I'm a massive why guy. I, yeah. they just started creating a program that was called the Why Life, which will still eventually get picked up. But, um, <laughs> so tell me, Gary, what is it that you believe is your why that gets you through the easy times, the hard times, the boring times, all of it?
1: Yeah, look, I I, I like to because I've considered this. Many times, and I and I, you know, I, I think sometimes in different circumstances there might be you know different pain points or different pleasure points that I can I can pull on and tug on, and you know I I'd, I'd have very similar, very close to my family, and and you know have some um, circumstances around my family that really drive me to get better, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, and and to keep working on myself. But um, there's there's two things that that probably. Uh, you know might be a little bit left field and and might be worth you know uh, expressing here so that you know people can have a different view and um one of them is i've heard david goggins talk about um the, the blueprint that you know whether you believe in god or the universe or whatever when you when you go you stand before whoever it is and he's got this blueprint of gary faye this is this is all you could have achieved in your life And I think the only responsibility that we have on this earth is to get as close to that blueprint as possible. Um, And I, and I don't believe that um, I don't believe that anybody's blueprint uh, includes giving in to depression, anxiety, addiction, burnout. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, for a second, believe that um, people's blueprint doesn't express that you're going to go through it, Mm -hmm. but that, that I I have a responsibility to get as close to the, ultimate or best version of me that I can. It doesn't mean I'm going to be the best at anything in the world but as long as I can be the best at, at, at the way I go or as close to that blueprint as possible. Um, so I, I think about that a lot that when I wake up and I don't feel like doing something I, I ask myself whether or not laying in bed would get me towards the best version of me you know if I happened to go tomorrow, if I died tomorrow and people were standing there at the funeral and said, well you know he could have been this he said he was going to do that. Um, you know, he had all this potential, um, that's, I don't want to die with that inside me. So that, that certainly drives me. Um, the second reason, and probably it's a little more pointed to my experience now is, uh, so it, this certainly wasn't my why before I kicked off, but, uh, I've been through a lot of shit and most of it is because of my own actions, my own, uh, decisions and choices and that sort of stuff. And I have a real genuine view now that if... I don't make something of this opportunity, whether it's my opportunity in life or my opportunity to help others that might be in a similar situation. If I don't make the most of this opportunity, then all of my pain that I went through and put myself through would be for nothing. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's, that's my why as to my direction with, with coaching and and helping people and and even my own, you know, my own journey. I, I feel like I, um, my, I think the sun just came in here. I think my, um, Uh, my my own journey in terms of, um, you know, I've had the lived experience and what I think sets me apart from a lot of other coaches or counselors or whatever is that I've had lived experience and I'm prepared to share it um, and and understand where people are. Um, I I think again, had I not gone through what I've gone through, I, I wouldn't have that lived experience, but if I don't honor that gift, if you like, I'm very big on gratitude, even for the shit in your life. If I don't honor that gift, then, um, you know, I'd feel like I'd be, I would have gone through it for nothing.
0: Mm. No, we do have a lot of uh, like first responders and stuff that listen to us and that and something that popped up for me and just kind of made me kind of think, I just wanted to find out from you. Do you believe that
1: having too strong of a
0: mind can actually be a detriment? Uh,
1: Just one sec. Oh, can I, just give me a sec. I'm just going to fix the blind so that you don't get this yeah, uh, for, uh, it, for, for the rest of it. Right.
0: Yeah, man um so so yeah so as i was saying do you believe like obviously it's a choice as we've already talked about but do you believe that sometimes having an extremely extremely strong mind like most law enforcement you know that you do end up with an extremely strong mind or you go into it already with one that it can actually be to a detriment if you use it in the wrong way
1: yeah look i i think you probably have to distinguish what uh, what people would understand as a strong mind. I certainly think pig he- headedness uh, can be very detrimental in the fact that uh, for anyone to believe that they are beyond vulnerability, um, I don't know if that's strong-minded or, mm-hmm. or really you know pig headedness and, and, and arrogance that you know that that I had on occasions, and from time to time. And you know, when you do some of the things that you get the opportunity to do in law enforcement, in the, you know, in the military or any any similar such things, right? There's there's a level of arrogance that is required, you know, to go through the door. There's a level of arrogance that's required to, you know, talk to a prime minister or a commissioner. Or, you know, you you have to believe in yourself. The 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 drama is when when that gets when you are unable. Uh, to look at yourself with honesty, and, and you know, as I said, I talk about brutal honesty, and um, I, I don't believe I don't believe many people have I don't believe lying to other people is that that big of a deal because mostly we lie to other people because we're lying to ourselves, right? It's if you can solve that issue, um, you know, too strong a mind uh, does it exist, or, or or where's the line that that stops you from being you know too strong? as opposed to pig headed, um, you know, cause a strong mind is also gonna get you out of it. it it's the direction that you point it. Um, I think that that really matters. And, um, you know, if you've got too strong a mind and you can point it in the right direction and you can you can say to yourself that you are disciplined enough to not hit snooze every morning on the alarm. If you're disciplined enough to do your three gratitudes every morning, your 10 minutes of stretching, your cold shower. If you can point it that way, um, you're gonna be very successful in life. If you If you point it towards um, being impenetrable, um, you are probably going to fall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. clear that that clarity is, um, yeah, no. Uh, so what advice would you give to somebody if they're struggling to, as you called it, uh, make sure that they're going towards that blueprint or even, you know, as put it in simple terms, figure out what their why is. What what advice would you give (laughs) to somebody or, you know, to to the listeners?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think it's important to, uh, like I, I want to be careful and, and let people know that I really genuinely understand the fear involved in opening up in your workplace. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that if, yeah. That if you're already in the police force, you're already in the military, you're the CEO or the, you know, the chief financial officer of a, of a medium sized company or a small company or an executive somewhere, very difficult to take that first step and just open up um, in, in public uh, in, in, in that workforce, because again, I, most organizations generally want to help they just don't know what's going to happen once you once you put the uh, yeah. uh, the big ones on the line right um, but certainly i would I would start to seek out people that have been there um, you know and, and we all find people or some something that resonates in different people and, and, and it might it might be you know yourself that people might listen to your story and they resonate with the, they like the way that you talk it might be me it could be something completely different um, excuse me one thing that one thing that I have found is I, I've been to a couple of very good psychologists. Um, one of my dramas with psychologists, I certainly don't tell people not to go because I've got a fantastic one that I, I speak to from time to time, even to talk to about what I should do with my coaching programs. But um, um, psychologists aren't, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, all, all of those, even even therapists, um, they're not in the business of expressing their lived experience. and. For guys in particular, for alpha males in particular, it's a, it's a very vulnerable place to be telling your story to somebody that you don't know how they feel about your story. Yeah. And uh, so trying to seek out people that, uh, you, that do resonate with you, that you can reach out to and say, hey, you know, I, I liked your video, I liked your message. Um, even people in, in your workforce, if you do have you know, friends that, that you know have been uh, vulnerable before, You'll often see some people in, in police forces have probably been more public about it and, and you can you know choose to go and have conversations with those um, but but uh, you know it's uh, again I, I you know I've, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for counseling but but I uh, you know I, I do believe that if if you're an alpha male it's very difficult to to get what you need from a traditional uh counseling service um because they don't talk your language right they don't understand and look a lot of times when i went what i would say to people is because we you know when you suffer depression or anxiety addiction burnout whatever it is most often when you go to seek counseling you are in a rational thinking brain right You, you aren't suffering at the time you walk into the office right and so as a guy, what you would do is I would walk in and I'm not suffering when I walk in. So I tell a story as if I'm not suffering, you know what, the other week I felt a bit burnt out, but I'm okay now, you know, I just, you know, you, you walk and that's a mask that you keep putting up in yourself. When you go and see someone like yourself, um, you know, through the discussions we've had with the guys that I coach, I don't let them off the hook. I know that if they felt it two weeks ago, I can explain to them, you know what, this is what I felt, right? This is how I went through my experience. This is how it felt to me. And this is what happened. And, and you see a moment in their eyes, that go, oh shit, this guy knows what I'm, what I'm going through, right? Um, you don't get that with psychologists, you don't get, and, and they're very valuable. I wanna keep expressing that. I'm not telling anyone to yeah. not go to a, a specialist, but, um, but you don't get that uh, from there. So if you are experiencing burnout, if you are experiencing any, any of the issues, um, you know, it's, it's not a huge movement, but there are some places you can go um, to talk to people that have been there before. Um, some police forces around are building networks of, uh, of people that are in the force that you can go and talk to. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about uh, New Zealand police. I had a little bit to do with them, but it's been a long while since I, uh, I think Mike Bush was your commissioner the last time that I had anything to do with New Zealand police. So I don't know where, how far he's gone. G'day, Mike, if you're watching. Yeah. Um, but, um, but, you know, go and speak to people that have been there. Uh, that have come through or people that, that, you know, uh, and if you can't do that, as I did start finding people in different genres that you can learn from, start, start watching YouTube, start watching clips, start, start listening to people that you can find some part of their story. Cause you can probably grab stories from eight or nine different people and, and, you know, it can help you build your own version.
0: You know, I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, that, and that's the, that that is one of the biggest things that I feel um, like for me to get out of it, as people will have known, if they've listened to, you know, the episode number one is my biggest thing was just talk to people, Mm. learn from people because that's the, you know, people have gone through experience. I remember when I was, I did my big motorcycle trip to refine myself. I talked to a guy who, was like, yeah, no, I get it. He's like, I've been I've been at that rock bottom spot. He's like, I used to harvest organs. I was <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> That's next level. <laughs> I was like, what? And, um, but I was just, but he was like, he's like, I get it. He's like, call me anytime. We had a chat for like an hour and a half and ended up like talking about all sorts of, and you, you learn some of the best things because people can actually just go, and it's not because of pity. It's not because of they're trying to fix you. It's because they just literally go, this is what I did. And, yeah. you go, and this is why you know fight the burnout started i was like let's talk to people who have been through it so yeah. those that listen can actually use the experiences like you of yourself you know with being at literally what you could call is a pinnacle of the, the role that you are in yeah and still fall you know people would look at you go fuck Gary, you're just at the top you know you got all these different that's, that's so awesome but yet you still there's underlying things that weren't that weren't worked on through the whole process getting up to that stage that end up you know and you fall off the you fall off the pinnacle so well that, that
1: that's one of the problems right we we get all of the things that we we've, we've been socially conditioned to believe are our success mm-hmm. and 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 you know we're still struggling you know I, I used to say that you know i would i would hug my kids and and not want to be anywhere near that embrace like that that's a very scary mm-hmm. thing for someone who loves his family to think that I don't want to be, you know, and, and but I had, every, I had a, a good family. I had a great job. I had a good money. I was okay at sports. I had a good friends network. I had a nice car. I had a, a house. I had everything that the world told me that, that should have made me happy. And I wasn't. And, you know, as I said, I struggled for a lot of long time. I knew I was struggling. I didn't know what with, and I had even less idea what to do about it until I started to, to learn and, and listen to people's stories. And, and sometimes it is, it's about, it's not about me telling somebody what to do but i'm more than happy to share what i did and hopefully somebody picks up something from my story that will help them something from your story and they can mash that together and create their own you know their own journey out something that that might work for them they might pick up from from little bits and pieces um you know around the place
0: yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So, so um, Gary, tell us a little bit about what you do now. I know um, you got the strong shirt on, but we know that, and you said it a few times. Strong men. <laughs> strong men, there we go.
1: We're not broken, but we need a little mending.
0: Oh, yeah, we definitely do.
1: <laughs> the strongest
0: of us definitely do. Um, that's why we have strong women around us. That uh, Absolutely. Um, but uh, so... Tell us a little bit about what you do, because um, I know you through coaching and that. I know you run a gym and stuff, but I'll leave it to you. You tell us what you do.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I do run a gym up here in Brisbane. It's, uh, it's what I started when I when I left the AFP. But, um, you know, the last six, 12 months, I've, I've worked a lot, you know, primarily with um, primarily with successful men that are struggling. And, and, and you know, if I want to niche it down further, successful men that are struggling with uh, addiction, perhaps gambling addiction, but as I said, anything that You know depression, anxiety that I I suffered, all addictions of of some sort. Um, You know, so I work largely one on one with with a lot of people. Again, a lot of successful people don't particularly uh, want to turn up to Gamblers Anonymous, or they don't want to walk through the front door of um, you know the psychologist and and that sort of stuff. So I I do I work you know quite discreetly with with successful men uh, that are struggling. Um, We sometimes do it at the gym in a in a PT session, and you know nobody's any of the wiser and um, you know, I, I I've so, sort of share my experience, and you know, I, I, I tell people it took me 12 years. I my first real recognition of an issue that I had was 2007, and um, you know, we're, we're 2021 now, but it was it was 2018 that uh, that I started to take the steps to to turn around. I mean, I, I tried time and time again, and had success and failures, and success and failures, but but the last lot, the last three years of um, you know, of sort of have changed the way that i that i did it and i i say to people I, I i take my 12 years and i hopefully help people reduce that to 12 weeks you know you've got to go through some pain if you want to if you want to change where you're at you're gonna to have to go through some pain but um you know i try and condense that 12 weeks down to uh, 12 years down to 12 weeks i'm um i'm, I'm writing a book at the moment hopefully be out in um the, you know around march 2021 um and building a couple of Online programs. Uh, I'm actually right at the moment, I'm, I'm trialing a, my own version of a program that uh, I like to do it on me first. I've done it once before, but I want to turn this into a free, almost the step by step process that I took to get out. You know, I mean, I described it here, I'm going to give it away for free. Um, uh, the, you know, don't hit snooze on the alarm, get up 15 minutes early, 10 minutes early, 15 minutes early, drink your water, do your stretches, you know, build the routine exercise nutrition um build that out um so I'm, I'm i'm going through that myself at the moment so a little bit of everything but but primarily as i said for people that that um that resonate with my story you know successful guys people that are there at the top um but feel like there's something a bit missing yeah. um even if you don't know what it is uh, i certainly didn't for a long time but i figured it out and i figured it out in a fucking hard way and hopefully um i can help people not find it out the same way that i did
0: Awesome, Gary. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I think that's why we resonate so well. We're doing it different, same, similar, but different things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we, all, we all got our own path to get there, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So as we said earlier on, you know, a little bit ago, we said, you know, you got to find the person, you got to find the right, the person that you resonate, the person that feels right. So uh, Gary, if somebody feels like you're the person they want to reach out to, they want to actually talk to you, um, how do they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, probably the best thing is uh, our Facebook page, Strong Mend. So it's M-E-N-D, um, Strong Mend. Um, and message through there. I get all those. I don't have a secretary that takes those. That's that's directly to me. Um, you know, flick me a, a message on there and, and I'll get back to you. And, um, you know, I'm, if you're in Australia, I'm always up for a coffee. Um, if you're in New Zealand, I'm up for a virtual coffee as well. I, I usually I have chats with, you know, 10 or 15 people a week just – because I enjoy it as well, um, you know? And, and so if you, are, if you need a chat, um, send me a message and let's make a time.
0: Awesome, cool. And we was- also,
1: sorry, mate, we also do have strongmen.com, but um, yeah, if you get there, it's just gonna send you to the Facebook anyway, so. Yeah,
0: sweet, cool. So we'll have that, that Facebook link in the, in the description down below. So if you wanna have a look at that. Uh, so Gary, uh, I always like to ask this question um, and you've gone over it a few times, but I wanna know the number one thing, if you could just give one piece of advice what would it be that you tell viewers and listeners to help prevent or counter burnout? The number one thing. Uh,
1: be brutal. Be, be brutal with yourself. Uh, it's, you know, I, I, uh, something I've done in, in post before. It's not about har- asking the hard questions. It's about giving yourself the hard answers. Uh, you, you can ask the hardest questions in the world, but if you don't answer, answer them with brutal honesty, um, if you're struggling, you need to find a way to be brutally honest about your struggles. Don't pretend that, It's going to go away when you have a holiday. We've all been there. You know, I've got a holiday coming up. Um, When I go on holidays, it'll be fine. I used to say when I'd sit on a plane for 14 hours, it's okay. My phone will be off. When I get off the other end, I'll be fine. You know, when I get back from holidays, I'll be a new man. When I get a promotion, I'll be okay. When I get that house, I'll be fine. You know, start being brutally honest with yourself. Uh, You're not going to be fine because if you're not fine now, you are not going to be fine when you get the promotion. You're just going to have more money to be less fine with. That's all.
0: no i I love that i love that because now i take it when you go on holiday it's actually like holy shit this is so much better (laughs) this is like
1: absolutely you know and yeah look it it, holidays only work like if you take medication which is fine you know again i'm not against medication i've taken it from time to time holidays only work if you do something in the holidays to change what your life was like beforehand right it doesn't sitting on a beach doesn't change the fact that your boss was an asshole three weeks ago yeah, uh, it's it's still going to be the same or you're overworked or it's always going to be the same when you go back unless you work on it during that period of time.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that, Gary. Anything you want to add or you want to, you know, throw out there anyway?
1: anybody? No, mate, I, I, look, again, I, I appreciate the time. Um, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I always enjoy having a having a chat with you and, um, and, and you know, and sharing the experience. One thing I, I do know is that, um, you know, if people can be vulnerable, it's amazing. Uh, how much that gives other people permission to be vulnerable. And, you know, you mentioned about your story with, you know, talking to the, when you're on the bike, uh, you know, doing your, your, you're finding yourself mission that, you know, once it's very scary the first time, but it's a, I've I've not told my story to anyone that hasn't responded by telling me their vulnerabilities and every single person has them. So if you're honest and brutal enough to share, I guarantee you'll get something back.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks Gary. Uh, this is another episode of fight the burnout. We, um, we like to interview anybody and everybody. Um, you know, I do know a lot of law enforcement guys, so we've had a few on here, but we also have had CEOs of their own companies. We've also had, you know, people, nurses and just people from anywhere. Uh, and it's all about teaching and giving you the knowledge so that you can take just one snippet. All you need to do is take one snippet from this conversation that we had today with Gary and it's gonna make a huge life-changing uh, experience for you. Now, if you do you know, wanna reach out to Gary, make sure you, you know, go to go to Strong Men, uh, that's M-E-N-D, uh, on Facebook, reach out to him. Or if you wanna reach out to us, uh, we're always here as well. Uh, it's just Chris at uh, And But uh, the one thing that I'll, I'll leave this conversation with is yes, you get out there and be vulnerable. Just get out there and talk to somebody, somebody that you have a little bit of trust or rapport with, or even just somebody on the street. Cause if you can go out in there and you can just, just literally go, Hey, how's it going? And just start that spark that conversation up. You're going to feel so much better afterwards. So make sure you like subscribe, uh, hit the alarm bell there so that you, uh, you make sure that you get notified every time we drop a new episode. And until next time, uh, my motto is always train hard, test easy, because uh, when we get tested, whether it be physical or mental, um we want to make sure that it's as easy as possible so you can enjoy those holidays and them not actually be like fuck i have to have this holiday It's a, i get to have this holiday until next time guys we'll talk soon